Hello, everyone. This is the Doctor of Digital Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. I have my special guest today, Cormac Farrelly, who is joining us from the Emerald Isle. I'm looking forward to what he has to say, and I've learned a great deal from him, so I hope the audience as well, too, can hear. The bell has rung, and that means we're about ready to go for the Doctor of Digital Podcast episode. Cormac is a digital strategist and a creative marketer, and particularly works within the food and beverage companies, and he helps their businesses that grow online. Now, he's been a part of WSI for over 13 years. He's got a lot of experience. And before that, he was a part of Oracle, so he's got a very extensive background on the Internet. He also attended the National University of Ireland in Galway, and it's from my maternal home, that is, the Emerald Isle, because my mother is a Fitzsimmons. So I'm looking forward to talking to Cormac today. So thank you, Cormac, for joining us today. And since I get a little bit of background, you know, one of the things I was interested in is if you could tell me a little bit more about your background based on what I've said, but in particular, how did you get started in digital marketing? Well, hi, Mac. Uh, Mick, and thanks a million for having me. Sure. Uh, I mean, we're all, all, always great to, to have a, a Fitzsimmons on the line, and uh, <laughs> great to hear that you've got the <laughs> you've got the, the the Irish lineage as well, right? Yes, so, sir. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, so, so my background it's predominantly in consulting. Uh, so I, I I live in Ireland now, but I spent a number of years living in the U.S. and you know I worked for. PeopleSoft there, they were they were acquired by by Oracle, but you know, essentially it was in the the enterprise resource planning software, you know, so you know, basically, you know, software that kind of ran large organizations, you know, finance, HR, logistics, that type of thing. Uh, you know, and I, I consulted for organizations like Boeing, Northrop Grumman in, in the US, Citibank, you know, companies like that. I see. And, you know, my goal was to get back to Ireland. So so I staying with the consulting side of things, moved to, to KPMG uh, and headed up their enterprise solutions practice in Ireland. And then, as you pointed out, I moved to Oracle uh, prior to, to onboarding with uh, with WSI. I see. And I guess that's really my, my intro into digital marketing. And, you know, I, I got involved with them back in 2007. And um, as as you know, it's it's you know WSI is an international international digital marketing consultancy. Sure. Um, headquartered in Canada, and and I set up the Ireland office in Dublin. And uh, I suppose what's interesting is Dublin's really become a hotbed for tech companies in Europe. And, you know, a lot of the big players, you know, so like uh, names like Google, you know, Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, and even TikTok now have yes. opened their, their first European office here. Sure. So, uh, so it's been it's been an exciting ride over the last 13 years. And, uh, you know, we've, we've about a team of about 25 uh, resources here uh, locally, and I'm, I'm really privileged to kind of direct that team and, uh, and, and keep us moving. Awesome. You know, since you had mentioned now that you have been in different organizations and you've actually been involved with the internet for some time, could you give the audience some idea? What would you say are some of the biggest changes that you've seen when you're at past experience? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, Mick. I mean, I think if I was to pick one, I'd say the biggest change has got to be the growth in complexity in, in the whole digital marketing space, right? So, sure. you know, a, a, a colleague of ours, uh, Scott Brinkler, um, he, he published a, a global list of um, MarTech companies. So I guess MarTech is our, we're, we're guilty in the digital space of all these acronyms, but MarTech being marketing technology. And I guess the number of software providers back in 2011 was something like 150 
okay? And he's been doing this report year on year. And just last year in 2020, there were over 8,000 companies wow. uh, in the MarTech space, right? So, yes. so if you're a numbers guy, you know, that's like a growth rate of over 5,000% in less than 10 years, mm-hmm. right? So sure. it's been remarkable, right? And, uh, you know, I, I guess that, that really presents a real challenge for businesses who are trying to manage, you know, their digital marketing technology stack. And, you know, we all know, you know, especially in, in current, uh, in the current climate, you know, companies are, you know, they're working on tighter marketing budgets and, and they're trying to focus on tactics that will, you know, try and help them achieve their marketing goals. And, uh, you know, often it doesn't serve them well. They're focused on, you know, the newest shiny marketing technology. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, uh, that I think is one of the, one of the biggest changes. And, and in fact, you know, in an effort to kind of combat this, it's very similar to, if you can imagine just, a, I'm sure your audience can imagine, like the London Underground, okay? So, sure. you know, it, it's obviously a map of all of the different intersections between the, you know, the, the Circle Line, the Jubilee Line, all of these different things. Mm-hmm. And, and we've come up with our own version of that. Okay. And, and instead of trains, right, we're interlinking all of the digital tactics and to, to a degree, for for, uh, for clients, it often looks like like a kind of spaghetti junction, if you want to use that word. Okay. Um, so it's really important to try and give some context, um, you know, for their business, so they can see what are the important things that will actually drive some some sort of results. Uh, and I guess the downside in our industry is that as digital marketers, you know. Sometimes I hate to say it, but we overcomplicate things. Okay. So you know, really, uh, I, I you know, I think the message is, and, and some of the big changes that we've seen is, is just because it's possible to do something technically, doesn't mean that we should be doing it, right? So I think that's kind of one of my takeaways uh, over the over the last number of years. Well, I see. Related to that, but it kind of shift gears just a little bit there because you you touched on it. What would you say then today are some of the hot growth areas of digital marketing today? Yeah, that's that's another interesting one. I mean, I, I think um, it would be hard to talk about you know the big growth areas without talking a little bit about personalization, ah, right? Because okay. you know it's in the news. You know, I think I think we're all hearing about it, and I think that the big news that as digital marketers that we're all grappling with is that that Google is now planning to phase out third party cookies sure. um, by the year twenty twenty two. So that's next year. Mm-hmm. And uh, for those who are not in the know, you know, essentially uh, when you go and visit a website right now, most websites will drop a little kind of parcel of information on your computer known sure. as a cookie, yep. and that means that you get retargeted and remarketed to mm-hmm. when you visit other sites. Right. Yes. And um, I guess for some customers, it's considered to be maybe an invasion of their privacy. And I know in Europe now, we're very, very tightly governed by legislation like GDPR. Right. That that kind of stops us from doing that without consent. Okay. Uh-huh. So I think what this overall kind of move and poking back growth areas is that first party data. So 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 data like we just described is typically. You know, somebody you don't know, you know, they've somehow got to your website, but you haven't had a conversation and they really haven't introduced themselves themselves to you. But, you know, I guess as marketers, we're always the holy grail is when we get people to fill out forms, for example, and and let us know who they are. So so we kind of call that first party data. And, and, you know, that's kind of like having like a name and an email address and a company. And that's becoming very, very important for brands. Um, And... 
you know, I guess with that comes a health warning, right? Because, yes. you know, as marketers, we've got to be careful not to get carried away uh, by by having having all of this kind of additional data, right? And, yes. you know, as I said earlier, you know, it, you know, having some of these advances in technology, it means that it's it's possible to, to personalize nearly every part of the customer journey. And, and you know, brands have invested a lot of money uh, in trying to get this right. Um, you know, but rather than getting too caught up with kind of mass personalization, we really should be thinking about how we can best serve customers and, and how to make that whole kind of experience as seamless and, and to some degree intuitive as possible. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I think, you know, COVID has kind of, you know, when you think about growth areas, COVID too has kind of forced consumers to change their shopping habits. Yeah. Um, and, and often the way that they kind of interact with brands, you know, particularly online, um, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, many of the habits that have been formed during lockdown will, will probably stick. Okay. And, you know, while, you know, as brands have kind of for a long time been kind of, um, you know, making sure that they get the customer experience uh, right, you know, the pandemic has kind of highlighted how critical that is. Mm-hmm. And, and the winners... I think kind of just wrapping up on, on this whole growth area, the winners will be brands that use the data they've compiled from customers uh, to identify kind of, you know, any gap on that customer journey and, and kind of looking to kind of fill those gaps in a very precise way. But, okay. but kind of keeping in mind that it's really all about improving the customer experience. Sure. Okay. You know, one of the things I was thinking then is then for our listeners now that are benefiting from what you have to say, and talking about business owners, what would you generally recommend business owners consider when they are anticipating or thinking about getting into digital marketing? Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, I talked earlier about, about digital marketers sometimes, you know, making this more complex than it needs to be. Yeah. And, and one way I love to kind of describe it is this concept of the zero moment of truth. So, you know, uh, you mentioned earlier about my kind of allegiance to food companies and Procter & Gamble, yes. you know, who are a big FMCG company. They kind of initially coined that whole phrase, the moment of truth. And, you know, they, they describe the buying process pretty simply, you know, as been, you know, a stimulus. It started with a stimulus, and then it fo- was followed by two pretty powerful customer moments. Okay. So to put that into context, the stimulus was probably an ad. So it could have been on TV, it could have been on radio, it could have been an ad on digital. Um, and then the two moments, you know, the first was when you actually got to uh, experience the product in the store, right? Yes, so. Sure. You know, it, it, it was tactile. You got to maybe hold it up, look at it in your hand, read mm-hmm. the ingredients or something like that. Yep. Uh, and then the second moment is when you brought it home and, and you actually experienced it and you formed an opinion about it. Okay. Yes. Now, now that's the moment of truth. The zero moment of truth is is kind of where where digital comes in. Okay. And the reality is that that now, um, it's an activity that describes kind of what potential customers do online. So, so what do you do? Well. Nowadays, you pick up your phone and you search on Google. Yeah, right? sure. If you want to find out if something's good, you look at customer reviews. You check out YouTube videos, you know, and, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, the, the kind of key points when you're thinking about digital marketing is that we need to be able to kind of understand those moments mm-hmm. that occur in the customer's uh, timing, right? Yes. Um, and and then, 
you know, we need to be present. So, you know, if a customer is searching, if they're looking for information, we need to show up. Yes, and, sure. <laughs> and when we show up, you know, I think it's important that we have something interesting, you know, and relevant to say. Uh, and, and then finally, you know, uh, we need to measure the impact. So I think simplifying digital marketing to those kind of cornerstones okay. uh, are probably the most important thing to keep people true and narrow. I see. So when you're talking about what you would suggest, I mean, what types of digital marketing expertise do you offer business owners and how maybe specifically can you assist them? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I think it's, it's kind of connected somehow to your question earlier about, the, you, you know, kind of what's, what's, what's moving in, in, in today's world. I mean, I, knowing that the digital marketing area has gotten pretty complex, I mean, yeah. I think we're, we're all about helping businesses generate leads sure. and, and sales uh, and using digital marketing to do that. Um, and, you know, I, I think ultimately when, when, uh, when clients come to us, it, usually they've got, They've got a challenge which translates to one or two things is, is either they have a problem generating leads mm-hmm. or they have leads but they're not able to, you know, move them down the marketing and sales funnel so they turn into into sales. Yes. And, you know, one of my favorite quotes is from a chap called Lee Bowman. He's, he's a consultant oh, sure. with Harvard and he says, you know, a vision without a strategy remains an illusion, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, uh, so we've done to counteract that is we've built out a, uh, a digital marketing blueprint program for businesses. Excellent. And, you know, our logic is that you wouldn't build a house without a blueprint. So really, it's it's not a good idea to start your marketing without one. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's that's kind of how we interact with uh, with customers. And we kind of say that, you know, th- that's what they should do up front is that they should, because uh, we talk to executives all the time, and, you know, there's lots of ideas, but I think the challenge the organizations often have is that they don't have a solid plan to execute them, and that's what the Blueprint does. Gotcha. Yeah, excellent, folks. I hope you take a look at that. It's a terrific resource. You know, Cormac, if someone was thinking of expanding their digital marketing presence based on what you've said, how would they get a hold of you? So probably, uh, since we're talking online, Nick, I yes. guess it's, it's, uh, our website is wsidigital.ie. Uh, and that's the Emerald Isle uh, yes. focus there. Uh, and in fact, if you're interested in looking at that digital discovery process, the blueprint that I talked about, um, uh, wsidigital.consulting forward slash blueprint will mm-hmm. take you to a nice kind of video on that. And then I'm always on LinkedIn, so Cole McFarley on LinkedIn. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And hopefully people have gotten as much knowledge and wisdom as I got out today because I really enjoyed what you had to say. You know, folks, if you want to look, make sure that you subscribe, smash that like button, smash the subscribe button, wherever podcasts are free to behold. It's hard to hide for me. This is signing out for the Doctor of Digital Podcast for today. Like cotton candy for your ears. That's the bell. We're out of time. Take care. Deus Volt.